Elimination Chamber. Sorry, I put more gusto into it. Elimination Chamber. <laughs> so the, the guys did it in the video as well. I popped so hard when the guy in the video worded it. Uh, when he did chamber, he elongated the R. So it was like, Elimination Chamber. It's like, oh, yes, he did it. He did it. He did the gravel. He did the elongation. It's like, oh, get in. <laughs> get in. Uh, anyway, hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines Elimination Chamber review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp. And hello, Glean Jacobs as well. Um... Yeah, let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the ending. Immediately talk about it. The WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. What are your thoughts on The Miz becoming WWE Champion? We're cashing in money in the bank with doing the business with Bobbly Lashes. And, yeah. <laughs> Kim Rock's like, awesome! <laughs> it was. It was. Well, for me, it was... Um, obviously, quoting The Miz there. <laughs> but for me... Um, it's a story beat I'm looking forward to because of the Hurt Business alignment of, well, what is he going to do for MVP afterwards? Is Miz going to be... Uh, maybe it was an offer of, oh, we'll help you win tonight if you then give Bobbly Lashes a, a chance at the title. And <laughs> you peak comments. <laughs> yeah, Miz sucks. No, I love it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, still... Um, yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, if you give Bobby Lashes a chance, then we'll, we, he will help you become champion. And then Miz's plan is with John Martin to maybe wriggle out of it or something. Uh, but the fact that they've given me enough to think about it, that's why I'm more with it than I would have been in the past. Like, if Miz's cash-in would have been TLC, then that would have been bleh, nothing. And full expectancy that he loses the title by uh, at the Royal Rumble back to Drew. There you go. Here, I'm still expecting it. Yes, there's the Bad Bunny publicity, <laughs> which suddenly it's like, well, they could jump all in on this, as in just, you got one title, Edge versus Vayne, just go all in. <laughs> Bad Bunny, championship, go. <laughs> go for it. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. But I love the idea of, because um, I was calling it after Bob Bobby Lashley lost the US Championship match, just like, no, go for it. Like, I've been so impressed with him in terms of the, well, he's been protected really well as well as his ultimate beast. And if you have him, like, defeat The Miz and become champion himself, as in The Miz did business with the wrong business, <laughs> with the hurt business, and then make him pay for it by Bobby Lashley destroying him just like he did everybody else. Or The Miz tries to, you know, circumvent, cheat his way out of it and immediately pisses them off. <laughs> so that's not a good decision either. So maybe they can go for that. Either way... That's kind of why I'm looking forward to it. Because I'm not seeing this as The Miz is going to enter WrestleMania as WWE Champion. That's not how I'm seeing it. For me, the most boring thing to do... I'm just going to put it out there and then re-plast it so we can go back into positive land. But, for me, the most boring thing to do would be Drew beats him at Fastlane. That's, for me, that's just the most boring thing to do. He just wins the time championship back. For me, personally, because of the Hurt Business relationship there... Because how high I am on the, on the business, and I feel like Bobby Lashley has been protected well enough. And of course, the Miz has got the stuff with Bad Bunny. Well, good, a great time for me saying that. Seeing <laughs> uh, Glee James comment on uh, the WWE Championship WrestleMania, like for me, the Miz has got his stuff with Bad Bunny, and you surely the end game for that is to use that to get Damian Priest over. So that's going to be a tag match. So the Miz is going to be involved there. So which then surely means you got to miss is going to be dropping the title sooner rather than later, hence fast lane. <laughs> but do you immediately have the destroyer, Mr. Bobbly Lashes? Do you immediately have him win the championship tomorrow? Because personally, I would do it. <laughs> it's just right off the bat. Don't even give the Miz a reign. Doesn't need it. 
Even enough Bad Bunny costume or whatever to set that up. But Bobby Lee Lashes as WWE Champion, I'm in for it. I am in. I am I'm game for that. You say, oh, we're predicting uh, Bobby Lashley's going to win at Fastlane. Yeah, he's... Uh, I. For me, the only issue with that is it's, what, a month away, I think. It's We've got the we've got a week left for February. Then we will have three... I think it's four weeks to Fastlane. I'm surprised it's as late as it is. I don't know why it's so late into March. It's, I think it said, like, 21st of March or something like that, which is incredibly late, <laughs> given us, like, two weeks before WrestleMania. That can't be right. That can't be right. Oh, Bobby Lee, oh yeah, Bobby Lee Lashes. Yeah, I just realised that's, it's just a name that I say for Bobby Lashley. Maybe need some explaining. It was, uh, I was doing a review. I think it was before I started doing these videos. I was doing a live uh, podcast review and I was knackered, I was tired and I, I just stumbled over my words and called him Bobby Lee Blib Blib But Bobby Lee Lashes. And then I was like, actually, I quite like that as a nickname for him. So it's a pet nickname, Bobby Lee Lashes. <laughs> it's just, um, at the time, he wasn't a serious guy I could see in the main event or whatever. But that, yeah, so the name was stuck. The pet name was stuck. <laughs> Even though I, uh, yeah, I, I adore the man now. Anyway, so the WWE Championship has changed hands to The Miz. And he's going to... That was, that was a big show ender. Because after the Smackers won, after the SmackDown main... Uh, like, their Elimination Chamber opened the show. He had the hot angle of Roman Reigns. The even hotter angle with Edge spearing him afterwards. The... Uh, sorry, it well. He had Daniel Bryan winning the chamber. Then you had Reigns beating Bryan, which was an awesome heel heat movement. Then you have Edge spearing him. We'll go into more detail. This is more like a show overall summarization. Uh, then I'll kind of give my overall opinion on it. Uh, but yeah, then Edge comes out of nowhere to spear Roman Reigns. And then, oh, good thing they had the surprise surprise running attack pyro at the ready. <laughs> because then he points to the side and pyro goes off. He's like, Do you know the amount of preparation that takes? <laughs> But yeah, so that was lucky. That was an hour. Well, that was hours well spent early in the day. But yeah, so then yeah, they got that. He got the confirmation of that. That was a hot angle. And immediately, I saw loads of other people on Twitter saying the same thing. Like, well, what's he? What's going to be the big show-ending moment? Because that felt like a really big one to end the show on. And personally, I think I might have swapped it round. I I guess I guess I might have swapped it round. <laughs> okay, that was a, a really good point. Yeah, Edge will be facing Miz now. I know which champion is a little bit easier to face. <laughs> like, if I want to definitely become champion, I know which one I'd pick. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, but for me personally, this one, I don't know, it's one of those where it feels like a plot point before the one I'm actually interested kicks in. So I'm interest I'm excited in that way. But like, if it is the Miz going on to WrestleMania, which it isn't, <laughs> just just to calm down any reaction that's probably happening on social media now because we all know how how that place works but they're all places uh, broad term social media but yeah like yeah, no no, the Miz is not entering WrestleMania's champion it's fine it's fine we're not getting <laughs> just to bring it back down to earth <laughs> we're not getting Bad Bunny versus the Miz at WrestleMania that's not happening <laughs> calm down but Bobby Lashley versus somebody. Oh, I'm game for that. I'm game. I, mean, I personally thought it was just going to be Bobby Lashley, Keith Lee in a big old hoss fight at WrestleMania for the US Championship. Well, now Riddle's champion, so what's going to happen there? And I'm assuming they were going to get the title onto Riddle anyway at this pay-per-view, then just lead into Lashley, Keith Lee. Uh, maybe they still are, for all I know. Maybe this is 
instead of it being Brock Lesnar, because there's a rumoured uh, triple threat of Bobby Lashley. That's right, that's wrong again. A tri- rumoured triple threat of Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee. But what if you do the same? You just swap out Brock Lesnar for Bobby Lashley. Is that the worst thing in the world? Three big lads doing big lad wrestling? I know we're building to Drew McIntyre Sheamus. That's the only other thing. I've just assumed this entire time that they're going to blast through McIntyre Sheamus at Fastlane. That's been my assumption the entire time. If, like, even, well, to be fair, that was as soon, I say entire time, that was as soon as they announced the Raw WWE Championship Chamber match. Because I personally thought, oh, this is a hot enough angle for Drew to not be in the chamber. But then they put the chamber match and they incorporated it into it. So, oh, so Fastlane then. I'm just assuming they're going to burn through it. Even though WrestleMania is the big stage where you do your big blow-off thing, and this has been the building rivalry, and I know both men probably want it quite a lot. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yes. <laughs> this is a genius booking idea of if uh, Lashley wants to face Riddle, Lashley is going to need to solve some Riddle. <laughs> Which is a booking idea they've not gone with, surprisingly enough. Surprisingly enough, they've not actually made him the Riddler. It's not ha- I say yet. I will say yet. We've seen what happened to King Corbin and a few other people become a bit too literal with the gimmick of things. Ah, riddle the Riddler. Riddle, riddle the Riddler will riddle, riddle you this. Oh, that's so difficult we say at 3am. <laughs> it's not happening. But anyway, the uh, chamber match it, itself. Also, yeah, Riddle Mac Morrison wouldn't be a bad little follow-through. A uh, little rivalry to carry on through to the next pay-per-view or whatever. Again, we're at, we're at the what's going to be the little what little feud we're going to get to carry through to Fastlane and what's going to be the main feud that we then get at WrestleMania. In terms of Bobby Lashley, it will be... Because there's the curse of the Hurt Business where whoever they're feuding with, they will face every single week on TV so we'll know who the Hurt Business are feuding with. Because <laughs> come to pay-per-view, we'll never want to see it again. <laughs> so yeah, be a nice... Uh, we'll know who it is. We don't know now, so that's nice. There's nobody somebody different. It won't be the same people, which is nice. Anyway, uh, so the Chamber match itself was Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles versus Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. And this chamber had a difficult bar to beat in the Smackers opener. Like right off the bat having me asking questions as to what they had in store over the former to secure this main event slot. We know what that is now. It's the Miz versus Bad Bunny. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Hardy and Orton started us off in a duo I was not expecting. Kofi wasn't attacked by Ali either, so count that as two unexpected. <laughs> he didn't attack during the match at all. I was just... I was kind of waiting for it because that screamed of this is the story to do before then remembering it's a mid-card story so that's not going to encroach our main event. Just just leave it. Just leave it. And yes, my prediction for uh, The Miz is for him to tag with Morrison and face Bad Bunny and Priest at WrestleMania and Priest gets the win. That is my prediction. Bad Bunny might do a splash <laughs> or something but uh, he seems to be having the time of his life. It's what, <laughs> it seems like a joy for him to be there. Which is great to see. It's a benefit to both of them. Within Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny's merch is selling like crazy on WWE.com. And so he's obviously reaping the awards from that. And WWE gets so much publicity from using him. And you get to get Priest over at the same time. Which personally, that's been a fantastic pairing. So yeah, it's win, 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 win. Yeah, for everybody. For everyone involved. Apart from the Miz, because he's going to lose. <laughs> Quite literally lose. <laughs> anyway. So yes, Hardy and Orton was a duo I did not expect. And they they had a decent, if not particularly memorable, start to the action. Because I'll be honest, I for the, for the first part of this match, I just struggled to get into it. I don't know if it's because it was a slower pace, given who it was wrestling in Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. 
compared to Daniel Bryan Cesaro. <laughs> As in, one got me extremely excited and one was, oh, that's unexpected. <laughs> it's not the same reaction. However, things kicked up like as soon as the entrance started. So that, that's a good sign in terms of like building anticipation for the ending of the Chamber match. Drew McIntyre with the violence and Kofi with the speed, like one after each other, where each person bringing that and then bringing a new kind of life to the Chamber, which is great to see. Uh, Kingston securing a huge upset of an elimination in having Randy Orton's number the entire time they were wrestling and their back and forth leading to the New Day man pinning him. I did not see that coming. And <laughs> a great elimination that completely shocked the chamber to life. Because again, as I was saying, I was struggling to get into it. And then he saw Drew McIntyre come in and up the violence, chucking people into pods and things, getting angry at cameramen. <laughs> and then Kofi came in and brought the speed. He didn't know when he was going to the next like jump in and attack somebody. They did back and forth. Randy Orton eliminated him. Oh, <laughs> suddenly the, the whole thing is kicked into life. And it was like the perfect elimination to just do that as well, because suddenly Kofi's a threat. Even though, like, no belief he's ever going to win, but he could eliminate somebody. Like Sheamus was doing. Sheamus was scoring bro kicks and elim eliminations. Didn't mean he was ever going to win, but he felt dangerous and threatening because of it. Also, RKO's to everybody. Did The Fiend return? No, he did not. The Fiend was no... That's my... In terms of big predictions in this match, I expected shenanigans. I expected Mustafa Ali to cost Kofi Kingston, be it... Him attacking him and taking him out of the chamber for Ali to take his place, be it during the match, especially when it was the next part I was just about to talk about, when yeah, Randy Orton arcaded everybody, AJ Styles, looking to capitalise on it, called for Omos to rip the outer plexiglass off the pod. Big strong man do big strong thing. Ugh, it, <laughs> I've really enjoyed Omos' booking so far. Uh, so that AJ could then sneak out and round into the chamber. The idea to capitalise failed <laughs> but it did lead to like a knife back and forth between he Kofi and Drew uh, but yeah so I was expecting shenanigans again almost ripping the back of the plexiglass in for AJ Styles to run in and try and capitalise on Randy Orton RKOing everybody that's kind of shenanigans <laughs> at home I'm like I enjoyed that whilst at the same time going but the rules <laughs> he's jumped the gun on his entrance I was like is that how it works though in the chamber it's not quite it's not like the rumble there, there isn't precedent for what do we do if you like, break out your chamber? The only precedent there's been for that kind of circumstance was when it accidentally broke in the infamous like 2015 chamber match where I think it was Mark Henry's pod accidentally broke and then they were just like, what the hell do we do now? <laughs> and like Dolph Ziggler calling the match on the fly, like really audibly, like trying to save the thing. <laughs> it was, uh, it's an interesting chamber to watch. It's not a good chamber. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I felt like uh, they booked him most really well and I enjoyed him with the cage. But I was expecting more shenanigans. I was expecting The Fiend to cost Randy Orton, be it in some crazy cinematic way, be it in just the lights go down, there he is, well, bang. I was, I was expecting something. I was not expecting Kofi Kingston as a surprise elimination, where, for me, again, it brought it to life. It took it into the unexpected. It's like, well, the one guy I was expecting to have a, like a big moment in the chamber to then take him into his WrestleMania feud has just been eliminated. That's out the window. <laughs> so that's interesting. So yeah, it came back saying they thought that Braun was going to interfere. Like I thought there was going to be something. Be it Ali, be it Ray Wyatt, be it Braun, be it somebody. It just the way that this chamber was built was that how it played out on the night. Obviously, it was a very for me it was a very different vibe. But in terms of how it actually went, and I think I prefer it. I was just expecting pure shenanigans. 
But to be fair, if you've got a chamber full of shenanigans, then Bobby Lashley comes out and attacks Drew in the mid most wins it. Maybe that was a shenanigan too many. <laughs> One or two too many. You've already got almost ripping the wall off the <laughs> bloody thing. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It was really this was kind of like all building to Sheamus's entry for the big British brawl. That like he and Drew being so focused on each other to lead to some like nice sequences with Jeff, Kofi and AJ jumping in with a surprise. My personal favourite being Kofi's trust fall off the pod, like down onto everybody after they'd just gotten up following a chamber special Tower of Doom, which is just like one layer higher because he got the chamber pod. <laughs> but yeah, Kofi then with the trust fall. Yeah, I really liked it. He got your spots and he looked like yeah, they were going to the next bit and then somebody will just jump in and change circumstances. Like, yes, I like that. Just that injection. <laughs> just take it a diff completely different way. Uh, speaking of, Crazy Jeff <laughs> ran wild with a twist of fate to everyone and immediately I'm like, why is Jeff Hardy all of a sudden running via <laughs> this screams that he's about to get eliminated? That said, he got a much longer run than I was expecting. Like a whisper off the pod onto Seamus on Drew, and they swanned on to AJ. Uh, but then uh, McIntyre flew in with the claymore for the elimination. So AJ, so Jeff got to run hot. Genuinely, a twist of fate to everybody was gonna hit a swanton off the pod onto AJ, who then just rolled out the way really smartly. <laughs> yeah, AJ wouldn't have done that in minor Nash's Wesley short streams. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, Jeff Hardy. Uh, so AJ Styles, he ate a lot of Matt. <laughs> now elimination changed number one. Uh, Jeff Hardy won, he's crazy on 2K19. Tangent! <laughs> so then, uh, Jeff Hardy then changed direction to jump onto Sheamus and Drew, then went right back. <laughs> went right back to it. And Swanton bombed onto AJ Styles, but then couldn't get the pin because Drew McIntyre was pissed off that he, that he dared jump on him. <laughs> Just claymored him in the face. Uh, yeah. And it was like, don't be going building steam in this match. You will be next. <laughs> <laughs> just Jeff Hardy, he got too much momentum. He became too dangerous. <laughs> they sensed it. They watched Minor Nash's streams over on the Wrestling Shorts <laughs> channel. They watched those streams because suddenly they saw you, you can't, you can't, be, you can't take Jeff Hardy lightly. <laughs> he will win. <laughs> anyway, uh, Drew and Sheamus properly battered each other in a nice taster for what will surely be a future all-out brawl for them to have. AJ Styles making it a truly like swaying final three. No one able to secure momentum for a really long time. I really enjoyed this stretch. Until Sheamus suddenly counted a Claymore charging Scottish man with a brogue kick. Uh, but Styles led to fly in with a phenomenal forearm and spoil the fun. Styles spoiling the show before taking an amazing Claymore as he springboard in for a forearm before getting clobbered mid-air with the Claymore. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> it took that amazingly. That looked fantastic. It's, uh, no matter how that the final sequence is building or how you're feeling, it's kind of uh, no question whatsoever. No question <laughs> whatsoever. That was an amazing final move with the Claymore. Uh, but of course, McIntyre is knackered. The chamber lifts. We get to see all that. And he's posing with the title. And you're suddenly getting scenes that are a bit memorable from earlier as the show's not cutting away. <laughs> not cutting away. Uh, good night, Colleen Jacobs. I'll, after I've done this, I'm going to crash. <laughs> it is ten past three. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. So, yeah. uh, anyway, so then after the chamber, the chamber lifts. And that's when we got what we've just been talking about with uh, Bobby Lashley 
being the champion all over the place, setting up the stage for the one final act for the night in Mr. Money in the Bank charging down and cashing in the briefcase. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Drew was wobbly on his feet, kicking out at first, but just like Brian earlier in the night, it was only a matter of time. Uh, the Miz capitalising and he left Elimination Chamber as the WWE Champion. And as we've just talked about, personally, I've got a bit of excitement because I'm so in on the Bobby Lashley character that I want to see him immediately capitalise off this and just screw over the Miz. Just take advantage of it. That's what I'm expecting. That's what I want. And that's got me excited. Not as <laughs> excited at the idea of the, of the Miz actually going to WrestleMania with it, but what's already in play and what cards are they likely to use, that absolutely screams something that won't happen. <laughs> so I've not got much of a fear. Like Oftentimes, you see quite a few people scared WWE might just go against the grain with something they don't particularly care about and we get a blare. I don't sense that at all. I sense this pretty quickly, <laughs> building to something a bit more preferable. Uh, and that's my kind of take on it. And of course you've got the Miz Money in the Bank out of the way in time for WrestleMania, in time for the next Money in the Bank, which will be immediately after WrestleMania. Because again, th this Money in the Bank was kind of just... When I say mishandled, it was during the throwing crap at the wall kind of era of the Performance Center with really weird cinematic matches amongst ones I generally enjoyed. There was also the Money in the Bank one <laughs> with uh, with the hidden extra roof. Oh, that's my that's my favourite thing from past year. <laughs> Just Alistair Black and Edge Styles didn't die because there was a secret hidden second roof. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Oh, amazing, amazing get-out clause, which should always be used in every circumstance. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So it's, it's, it's up there with, I'm his twin brother, and he just, like, change one syllable or <laughs> something. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's AJ Clyles. <laughs> I could have thought it was something way better than that. Oh, BJ Styles, because it's the second one. And after A comes B. Uh, anyway... Uh, did you get off that tangent? Yeah, yeah, that was that's the scene for that one, and I guess it kind of makes sense to take a quick sip of water because I've been banging on for twenty minutes. Then let's talk about the SmackDown side. Mm. Winter properly chilled water that stays chilled for the entire stream because it's so cold. <laughs> Benefits of it being freezing at the moment. So yeah. Anyway, the opening of the show that kicked off in style. I'm going to be doing the SmackDown Chamber match. I'm doing the two Chamber matches. Then it's the matches with lesser care about. So I've got the bigger stuff out of the way first. But from here, it does mean that I am coincidentally going through the show in order. Just because of how it's fallen. But the winner of the first Elimination Chamber of the match got to face Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship immediately. And in terms of like a weird communication change on SmackDown, it seemed they were making it very clear that the match against Roman Reigns was going to be immediate. And that was the kind of stipulation, and that was the play that Roman Reigns had gotten. On the day, and the building to the show, on the kickoff, and all of that, they were phrasing it as later in the show. And I'm just kind of like, that's a bit of an odd change. So is that because you change your mind, and it's not going to be immediately afterwards, he's going to postpone it till later in the show. And then it happens. So like, oh, no, you've, you've gone with the original idea. <laughs> I don't know why you changed that phrasing. That's a really weird one. Super weird, weird, super duper weird one, yeah. Ah, oh, uh, yes. Uh, oh, if Heel Otis would have had the Money in the Bank briefcase, it could have been something special. I'd put special in quotation marks, because <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Um, for me, the Otis turn was really weird. They'd have to have done it in advance, 
Like, they've turned him heel, they've done an arc to turn him heel, then it happens and it all makes sense and you can see why he would do such a thing and act like that and becomes more serious and he's got that briefcase and he's going down that road. Uh, if that's where they go with it. <laughs> uh, anyway, in this chamber was Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, Jey Uso, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, King Corbin. What a lineup! <laughs> and yeah, I enjoyed this. <laughs> For me, by far the vastly superior chamber match in terms of build. On the night itself... I think I enjoyed it more too, personally. I feel like the Raw side might have done a better job of surprising me and setting things up in terms of what's coming after this show, but in terms of which match did I prefer on the night, not to overcomplicate it, not to bring in more technically, this was done better. <laughs> no, I just enjoyed, I don't know why I chose Partridge for that voice, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed this uh, chamber more. I just had more fun with it. Maybe it's just because the style of the wrestlers that were in there, like just flipping solid, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the ch this chamber. Uh, kicking off with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, a bit of a quicker pace than <laughs> Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. Uh, these is, it's like, these are the contemporary guys, the folk of this era, which kind of helps as well. There was an issue for me as soon as the Raw one was announced. There was, a, for me, like a big issue that there was no sign of the future and going forwards with this lineup because it's guys that had all been there for over a decade. It's like, oh, you're not going to include somebody to put forward with. But the SmackDown side screamed it. It was just, it felt so much fresh, so much change. I really, really enjoyed the lineup of guys and how they interacted and how it built. I was, yeah, really into it. And the first two guys as well. Fantastic. I love the idea of those two lads, like, starting with a great back and forth, and you got the other guys coming in, completely changing the dynamic every time there's a new entrant. And then you essentially end with those two as well. Yes, uh, again, it was more, the, they weren't officially the final two, but the final segment was them two, was Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, having a fantastic back and forth, and then Jey Uso just comes in and changes the, the dynamic just for the end. So it was like the final segment really was Daniel Bryan and Cesaro again, which I personally really liked. Uh, so yeah, they had a nice back and forth before our first lad, Baron Corbin, entered the fray. A big banter corpse following up on Cesaro's earlier offense by driving Brian's knee into two pods. I assumed that was setting up Roman Reigns just going to town on it later, but he didn't really. So, yeah, in a way, he just fought back because he you know, was a fresh big man making a point. Uh, so yeah, yes, good to hear that the SmackDown chamber went down well. Uh, Owens was uh, making me laugh with like, with his guidance when he was in the pod. I was like, now get him in the ring and make him tap. <laughs> he was just shouting. Uh, Corbin did not. Which, yeah, he was the first eliminated, poor man. Uh, Sammy, I like Sammy laughing at his own genius, but it's his turn to enter as well. It was it was blocking Corbin at getting in. I think Corbin hit his pod as well. And Sammy's just laughing at him. But not wise. I do remember the door on the other side, because they're both open. Oh, hello, Antonio. <laughs> it just gets destroyed by Cesaro. Uh, to be fair, like, not the best look for the man in, in this match. Uh, taking himself out, attempting a halluva kick uh, to just kicking KO's pod. Poor man. Ended up brawling on top of another pod with Cesaro, who then chased him across the cage to stomp him off. <laughs> it was uh, kind of great. To be fair, it was overshadowed by Cesaro then doing a getting an A plus for pull ups on the top of the cage, just lifting himself up just to show off. I love that little uh, little flex there. <laughs> uh, Cesaro was getting so much momentum after that semi moment. And soon after, was getting the better of Corbin by making him tap. That kind of brought my surprise at how strongly he was given this. And like the king himself in Corbin was like he was looking strong for a couple of entries before then getting caught and eliminated by Corbin, yeah, or uh, by sorry, he is Corbin <laughs> by Cesaro. 
Uh, we also got a nice tease of a KO Otami team up before KO just launched the lad with consecutive pod foes. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> that was great. And an even better moment with all four men down in the ring after like Zayn with a suplex to Owen, Cesaro uppercut to Zayn, Brian with a running knee to KO, and then it's like Brian with a running knee to Cesaro, then KO with a pop-up powerbomb to Brian. <laughs> just like everybody down. Loved it. Uh, and then we got Jey Uso as the final man, uh, but KO's beef with him didn't like, give the lad much of a breather upon entry, just straight into brawling, uh, which then kind of took the final segment. In terms of this match kind of building and building, as soon as that happened, we then had such a great sense of chaos. Uh, like, for example, four lads were just brawling at the north of the cage, I call it. There was all brawling there, and KO then moonsaulted off the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Again, in terms of just things like wonder what he's going to do, he's climbing up. Oh, is he just going to go splash up? No, nope, moonsault. <laughs> of course he does. Of course it's a moonsault. Before then, the Canadian hit the stunner on every single man he saw before pinning Zayn after that one in the ring, which uh, then led to another really nice spot, po possibly one of my favourite spots of the match, where Zayn is going out and then Jey Uso traps Kevin Owens' arm in the chamber door, makes sure it stays shut and with his arm still trapped in there, and then super kicks him so he's pretty much out, and then hits a splash back in the ring uh, to eliminate him. I really like that elimination. It was... Because I was a bit scared how they're going to eliminate KO because I didn't think he was going to win. I was like, how are they going to do it? I mean, he just assumed some form of screwy interference or something. However, Jay Uso was opportunistic, and that came back again to get him into the final two. It's like he was the ultimate opportunist in terms of foreshadowing Edge. <laughs> he had Jey Uso as the ultimate opportunist. And I really enjoyed watching. Yeah, I really enjoyed Jey Uso's part in this match. I thought it was a fantastic elimination on KO. A fantastic opp opportunities, opportunity seizing. There you go. Finally figured out how to say that. Uh, came back. Uh, God, they wish they got back to Lone Wolf Corbin. King Corbin has won its course, in my opinion. Um, in terms of the King gimmicks for me, because of course we've had so many over the course of uh, WWE's uh, run. For me, they're often the worst periods of characters. I will say it did it. It got Corbin out of his kind of authority, but well, with him wrestling in suits and things. So that's the good thing that it did. However, for me, these King gimmicks are a bit too cartoony to last for that long. Uh, King Booker, he again, he eventually it ran its course. It's it's mem it's mem it's remembered. It's remembered relatively fondly, I guess. But at the time, I remember not loving it. Uh, but for, like, for me, the big the big one was King Seamus. <laughs> that was the, oh dear, no, 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 no. Time, time, time out. I did not... Seamus seemed to be on like a fantastic curve and then King Seamus happened. It's like, oh dear, no. <laughs> uh, I could, they couldn't get... For me, they couldn't get rid of that for like long enough. Out of those, Corbin is, again, he's not... He's not awful. What is, he's been, his booking has really hurt him, like, especially in 2019. The stuff he was doing with Roman Reigns with the dog food and stuff, that just, like, dirt worst, bottom tier level, <laughs> for me, heel stuff. Uh, yeah, I was never into that, but the character's not technically bad. But for me, King things, they can't last too long. Otherwise, they're a bit too, like, why are you still doing this? Again, <laughs> kind of, a bit too cartoony for me to last for ages. Uh, that's just, it's just a personal thing. But anybody loves it. Uh, but yeah. And like for me, like Zayn's elimination was amongst the chaos, but KO's one was there for me. It was just so great with the opportunity being seized. Really, I thought it was a fantastic elimination. Also, yeah, as I was saying earlier, I love the idea of of Brian and Cesaro both making it to the end. A fantastic run from these two, 
as uh, Jay Uso rested on the edge, essentially. We know what's coming. Cesaro with a one-leg swing. For me, it was just such a perfect note. After all that damage to the knee, this is it. This is the moment where he can talk him. He can do that. He can end Daniel Bryan here. But Jay Uso swings in. And, yes, the man got an awesome showing in Cesaro uh, before the match's ultimate opportunist in Jey Uso super kicks back in once again, at uh, this time splashing down onto Cesaro for the elimination and leading into a great reach head for Brian, where, as soon as I saw it, it's like, oh, yes, I love this. Jey Uso climbed onto the pod. I'm like, please get the knees up and do the exact same finish that they did two years ago with Brian and Kofi. Do the exact same finish. <laughs> and they did it. Uh, Brian winning that exact same way as he did against Kofi, but as a heel. Uh, this time as the babyface fighting back against the opportunistic Jay, trying, who was trying to snatch the win. Uh, the Samoan flying off the top of a pod into Brian's raised knees and in our chamber survivor flew with the running knee. One, two, three. Daniel Bryan is the winner of the Elimination Chamber match. And it's, he's gone from the start all the way to the end. Obviously, absolutely exhausted. He's had his knee really worked upon. At the end there, he had to both get the knees up and hit his finisher with the knee on his already worn down knee. How's he going to do against Roman Reigns? Well, it happened immediately. Again, the only reason this kind of got a bit of a surprise was, oh, right now. As in, like, they're doing it. Personally, I love the dynamic. I love the dynamic of Brian having to face Reigns right the hell now. <laughs> it doesn't matter that he can't get up to his feet, <laughs> that he's out of it. He's clearly struggling. This is the stipulation. You knew what you were getting into. Now fight him. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> Just a little bit weird that in terms of the promo on the day, sorry, the promotion for it on the day, they kind of altered it a bit. So they weren't just big, massively pushing it as, no, he's going to have to face him immediately. Uh, they altered it a bit to be later in the show. Like, eh... I liked, as soon as they said it on SmackDown, I liked the um, face him immediately stipulation. Because it was all about getting heat for Reigns, and that's the perfect way to get heat, is I am going to defend on the champ on the pay-per-view, I'm going to defend the championship, but I'm not, like, hell am I wrestling in the chamber. I will wrestle the person, like, immediately after. So, yeah, I really like that dynamic. I, I was a big fan of it. But Daniel Bryan struggling to get to his feet before the bell and drawing like and drawing me in right off the bat with him countering Roman's charge into the yes lock. Like, oh, loved it. <laughs> I was, don't know how close my hand was. I felt like I gripped nowhere near. Oh, there you go, it's better. <laughs> I just... Oh, I thought that was such a fantastic way to start this match. He's just expecting Rangers to destroy him and then he goes into the yes lock and his commentary's freaking out. It was, yeah, it was really, really well done. Jimmy right in. Uh, yeah, Reigns working the WWE system to honour his pay-per-view defence. I really I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, powering out and eventually beating the hell out of a completely worn-out Brian. Uh, the ref eventually calling it as Daniel was clearly out in the guillotine choke. Uh, Roman on high, just as planned. And just as he was, just as he had planned, right into a spear. <laughs> Edge launched in and made his WrestleMania choice clear. A good thing they had that pyro all set out for the no, uh, out of nowhere attack. I've already made the joke earlier. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Edge made it clear. We're getting Roman Reigns versus Edge. And later in the show, they confirmed it. It's the first official match for WrestleMania as well. Would be surprised if this is not the main event. So for me, this is surely the main event. The Royal Rumble winner in the veteran in, in the returning Hall of Famer in Edge. And then you've got Roman Reigns, who's like the hottest heel champion going right now. So, yeah. Personally, Roman Reigns beats him. That's that's what I do personally. I wouldn't. I would. I would say it feels like the Roman Reigns character is just getting started. 
and I'd love for him to just beat Edge and go on to that next stage. But I'm building a story in my head, and I know WWE don't write stories for that length of time. So it kind of makes sense that he might lose. Uh, do I think Brian will get a legit shot at Roman? Hmm, do they do a thing at Fastlane? They do need that Fastlane placeholder. They could go for that. That wouldn't be the most mental idea they've had. They could clear. They could go for that. Unless they do a tag match. But I think they'll keep Reigns and Edge separate in-ring-wise until WrestleMania. So, don't really know. I, was, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do an Edge and Christian tag match. Because apparently they were both really up for that. So, at Fastlane. Fastlane is the perfect place to do an Edge and Christian tag match. Just to tease into WrestleMania. That's what I'd personally have them doing. They don't have a chance for a title, but if they have a tag match at Fastlane, they make it a big kind of showcasey thing. Yeah, like for one night. Yeah. <laughs> High-pitched. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to... Well, yeah, yeah actually, we're meant to talk about the... <laughs> the moment made by a match. Yeah, I thought it was done really, really well. I really... And I loved the dynamic of Daniel Bryan having to face Roman Reigns right now. Of range to smiling and grinning of like oh, this is exact this is all what was planned I would now send my message and he nearly got caught and I really like that but the fact of like Daniel Bryan nearly caught him then Edge actually did uh, I I like that again uh, just the way that that played out the way that it built to it it was like the whole team was building to Edge spearing him and making his decision clear so yeah good stuff yeah. Yeah, obviously, in terms of when you think about it, <laughs> for me, the big thing was Edge pointing to the WrestleMania sign and the pyro going off. It's like, there's pyro going off for a surprise attack. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, given the level of planning that would be required to set up such a thing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Was it an inside job? <laughs> it must have been an inside job with production. They must have all known. <laughs> there's no way you set up that pyro without knowing beforehand. It's all, it's an inside job. And that proved it. Hi, Mr. Panda. <laughs> Even though Panda's your first name in the thing. I'm calling you Mr. Panda. Could be Mrs. Panda. Don't know. It's not really misogynistic. <laughs> Against pandas. Tangent. <laughs> but yeah, with uh, yeah, the whole pyro going off around the WrestleMania sign. It's like, you know, was it a surprise attack or not? Oh, it's a conspiracy. Get Sami Zayn on it. Yeah. Anyway, we've got two more matches to talk about and then I can go to bed. Because I get, like, for me, I've, I, I write my notes for this show and I've only got about 1,400 shows shows i've only got about 1400 words for this and i normally have way more than that but i've only got 1400 for me that's like hardly anything so yeah yeah anyway it is the united states championship up next we've got the final two matches to cover so bobby lashes with mvp versus riddle versus john morrison and originally, this was involving Keith Lee, who had to pull out, and a number one contender's fatal four-way was held here on the kickoff to determine his replacement. Uh, John Morrison bested Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, and Elias on, on that kickoff match. So here we are in what I'm assuming... I think I talked about this a little bit at the start. But assuming this was meant to have something that would lead to Lashley facing Lee at WrestleMania, like this was not a bad replacement with the big man effortlessly destroying both lads as a force to be feared before Vidal took advantage of a crutch situation. And uh, yeah, spear, spear, spear. <laughs> I realised, yeah, um, yeah, a few people who've uh, yeah not heard the Bobby Lee Lashes gag before. <laughs> yeah, it's Bobby Lashley. It's just my nickname for him, or Bobby Lee Lashes. So yeah, that. Bobby Lee Lashes, Wrestling on Smackers, which is my nickname for Smackdown, I just realised how that sounds. 
my random British inserting of random nicknames. So yeah, and Spear, 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 Edge versus Roman versus Goldberg. I saw that as one of the memes that was on, you know, going on Twitter of what was uh, Roman Reigns saying to Edge. It was like, please, please, Edge, just could you please challenge me before Goldberg comes back, please, <laughs> just please. Uh, but he comes back anyway. We get our Spear triple threat. Uh, is there anyone else who does a Spear that I'm missing? Bobby Lashley does it, but he's on Raw. We're not, we're not going to have... We're going to at least adhere to the brand split, right? <laughs> at least adhere to that for WrestleMania. Let's not, let's not go crazy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, Riddle taking advantage, and we've got a champion. Like uh, These two... Uh, sorry, these two. The two lads in Morrison and Riddle were having to team up, because it was the only way they were able to stop Bobby Lashley's momentum. He was just destroying all over the place. It's a short-lived run, though. Surely they're doomed to failure. Uh, Riddle got a nice little showing thanks to it, but it was all in waiting to the champion recover to wreak havoc once more. Uh, kicking out after a floating bro and a starship pain before hurt-locking Morrison out. He's like, that's it. So, yeah. But the cheeky lad had stolen MVP's crush, crush, crutch in the ringside tiff before getting caught which allowed Riddle to swing in and send Lashley to the outside before hitting Bro Derek on the practically already out man to win the title. And um, as soon as it happened, I was like, ah, yes. WWE Booking 101. Have Riddle get absolutely destroyed week in and week out by Bobby Lashley. Even if Riddle wins the match or wins a match or has a good contest against Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley then comes out and destroys him every single week. And that's after... Bobby Lashley has already beaten him two or three times. <laughs> That's another key point. <laughs> so the last time we saw him challenge for the title, didn't really care because he's already lost twice. And then he's successively just beaten the crap out of him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then he wins the title. So it's like, ah, oh, yes, then he wins the championship with no momentum because <laughs> he's just lost all over the place. And again, I was assuming they would use this to build Lashley versus Lee. But maybe that's all in doubt now given uh, Lee's got issues with his fitness. Or whatever's wrong with him. Uh, okay. I, 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 I can, I'm including illness with that, just in case you come down with something, come down with the COVID or come down with the sickness, whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley was not in an elimination chamber. He then appeared after the match, after the Raw one, to attack Drew McIntyre as earlier in the show, because actually something I didn't bring up, earlier in the show, they showed MVP and The Miz talking. So MVP clearly struck a deal for the Hurt Business and this was us seeing part one of that deal. I'm calling it part one because part two is, well, what is Miz giving them in return? And my assumption is Hurt Business are expecting a championship match. Miz and Morrison will try and wriggle out of it and then Bobby Lashley will kill them. <laughs> or just at least destroy them, at least hurt them a bit. <laughs> just, they are the Hurt Business, of, after all, not the kill business. They, they'll... They'll just hurt him. <laughs> it's alright. It's not going crazy. Uh, yeah. And either... Bobby Lashley doesn't have to directly become champion off of that. But that's what I like. It's better than The Miz. And yeah. Whoever he then faces at WrestleMania. Do we get Brock Lesnar Lashley? Do we get... Do we get Lee Lashley as thought? But with a much, for a much bigger title than expected. That would be really random given how the build for Lee's gone really. Yes, it's been on and off. He doesn't really have any momentum. Like... Me as a fan, I like Keith Lee. I'm behind him. I get, I like, I watch his matches when he comes out. I don't want to throw him. <laughs> That's a good sign. However, Keith Lee as a character in terms of on the show, he doesn't actually have any momentum. And maybe he would, this would have been the perfect time to build it. And it's just really bad timing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yes, Panda with exactly what I have been saying. 
in terms of uh, yeah, the Miz losing tomorrow, that is that is my prediction. That is what I want to happen. That's what I would go with. I'd I'd, I'd have him get destroyed. <laughs> as in, don't you don't delay the wriggling out. As in, immediately do it. As in, no, we were, we were promised a championship match, and Miz like oh, da, 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 da. shenanigans. I'm getting out of it, and then they just destroy him and take the championship off him. So yeah, the consequences, Miz, and you're gonna face them. Yeah. Anyway, the final match of the show of this Elimination Chamber, because again, it's only five matches long, and I felt like the middle of the card was again not that much to talk about. Uh, so I get to the fourth, and of course they cancelled uh, the Ask Lacey Evans match, given she is actually legit pregnant, so can't be wrestling. So suddenly they've got the match they were building to can't happen anymore. Uh, so. That gets cancelled. To be fair, they—I don't know why they don't know how to book Asuka as a champion. She hasn't had any feuds. And she's been champion for how long? Like that's crazy for me. <laughs> she's been like second or third fiddle the entire time, and like in every storyline, even here, she's defending the championship against Lacey Evans. But the story is Lacey Evans versus Charlotte. Asuka is not the relevant piece <laughs> to the story going on. It's like, oh, oh well, oh well, Asuka. At least you've been champion for ages. Uh, anyway, the final match of the show for me to talk about, it was the Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Unfortunately for me, I'm not going to be ending the show on a chirpy positive note. I started it on a chirpy positive note. I felt like I've jumped back and forth. I think the show did quite a good job of getting me excited for WrestleMania, or at least giving me things to look forward to happening. So I'm relatively positive. However, I wasn't high on this match. <laughs> so and like, I'd call what was happening decent. Like, at best, a decent tag match was evolving before me. Uh, before, uh, it's a nice little tag match before the main event. Until you got another chamber match. This is uh, a nice little reminder and build about the Women's Royal Rumble winner. So it, ha- it served a purpose in giving the Royal Rumble winner something to do on the pay-per-view. Like, she made an appearance. She did a thing. She wasn't the focus of the ending. Or for like a large portion, <laughs> but she was there. She did a thing, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the idea of the match was playing out where Banks and Belair were not as cohesive a team as the champions, but they were figuring things out as the match went on. Uh, commentary was putting over how hard you can't trust Sasha as a tag bar- partner, and I'm like, well, I'm expecting a spot that brings that into like true question. Like Banks doesn't actually have to turn on Bianca, however. You can you've been you've set up to tease something. So did she turn on Bianca? Was there a segment or a spot in the match to highlight what commentary were putting over? No. <laughs> Actually, what happened was Reginald and Somalia for Carmella, who has been uh, flirting a little bit with Sasha Banks backstage, then came out with wine to kind of give Sasha Banks the kind of the amping up that she needed for the match. Uh, but then he ended up just accidentally causing a distraction and costing the faces the match. That was weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm questioning what his character is right now. Whereas, like, yeah, he's the sommelier for Carmella. But he's also, like, he's not... Like, he's not as kind of strictly Carmella's as Carmella would like him to be. He is his own man. He'll wander about and do whatever he wants. And, yeah, he's taking a liking to Sasha Banks, be it professionally or whatever. But, that the, first of all, he gave her the amping up that she needed to then get to that final part of the match. And then he continued to jibber-jabber. <laughs> he just kept going on. And uh, just ended up distracting Sasha, and that cost him the match. 
Um, yeah, I'd call it a pretty nothing ending to a pretty nothing match, unfortunately. Like, it was building like it could have gone somewhere, but but then they just did the Reginald stuff and it ended. It was like, that finish didn't really do anything for me. <laughs> like, I have no idea what the angle is with the Reginald stuff. It feels like there isn't one. He's like, oh, he's popular. Let's put him in more stuff. Or does it fit? <laughs> does it make sense to put him there? Um, yeah, the entire thing kind of, for me, like, it felt... It feels so far pretty directionless and unnecessary given what they're building to WrestleMania-wise. But it, for me, it just screams that he and Banks had a much better match than anybody was expecting and now they're trying to kind of jump on that and give us more more from it. As in, oh, this might be a fire that is hot and we can actually use. We can actually cook something from it. Um, but don't forget you are building Banks Bel Air and I have absolutely no idea how the Reginald stuff fits into any of that. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a weird one, not entirely sure. Uh, so yeah, who does? Yeah, so uh, Panda in the comments with uh, Asuka versus Nia Jax at WrestleMania. Because my immediate question is, well, who does Asuka face at WrestleMania? It's got to be Charlotte, right? It can't possibly be anybody else. They've ever since Charlotte has returned, she has been the star that has been promoted back up the uh, kind of hierarchy on Monday Night Raw. Even Asuka as the champion is several rungs down. Like, is she, is she even below Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax? I mean, maybe not after the whole stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, Asuka doesn't really get much to use or do. She just reacts to other people's storylines. <laughs> it's just a bit of a shame. Because she's so good. But yeah, I don't know who she faces at WrestleMania. Could, could you do Bianca versus Asuka? Do you use Fastlane to tease Bianca Asuka after you use Elimination Tober to tease Bianca versus Banks? Personally, I feel like Bianca Banks is the... The most natural one you can easily fall into, given what's already happened so far. Like it's been set up pretty well. Uh, that's the one I personally go with. Uh, but yeah, it was really strange that there was no spot after. For me, the strange part was quite often. If you listen to commentary, you can get a hint of the story they're trying to tell, even if they don't nail it. Even if they don't actually end up telling that story, that is the story they're planning to tell or they're trying to. Commentary then they're setting up. Oh, you can't trust uh, Banks as a partner. And then he watched the match and there was absolutely, like, no... <laughs> nothing happened to bring that point that they were raising into question during the match. Yeah, it's a strange one. Like, well, why make such a big deal out of it on commentary if it's not relevant? <laughs> it's not going to be an issue. It, I guess the closest thing would be it was to get Corey Graves over as the heel commentator for the match. It's like, oh, you can't trust her when you're meant to go, no, we can trust her. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, it is 20 to 4 in the morning, and I've got a builder arriving at 8. <laughs> so, ah, uh, no. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, so, yeah. I've got the podcast version to make after this, though, yeah. But this, in terms of a pay-per-view review, I feel like the amount of time it's taken me to talk about this is pretty fair for the length of the show, for the amount of stuff that happened. It gave, again, it feels like a short review. Signing off at, like, 20, 22 an hour, like, that's strange. <laughs> that's weird. Um, but yeah, it was, again, it's, Eliminated Chamber's always been like the B pay-per-view after the Royal Rumble, but it's still got a lot to it because of how strongly it builds to WrestleMania and the kind of level of violence you get with the Chamber matches. They're all, they're mostly fun to watch. It's pretty difficult to give like fully bad Chambers on a pay-per-view. And yeah, it was a enjoyable show. It did, in terms of it doing its big job, like the main point of it is to continue that road to WrestleMania and to get excited and get me amped for WrestleMania itself. In that way, success. It succeeded. Uh, I don't think it's going to get away without 
like large bodies of people complaining. <laughs> Again, it is modern day uh, entertainment. It happens in every single form of entertainment. It's not just a wrestling thing. It's like all forms of entertainment. You get a massive body of people complaining about whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm expecting like The Miz getting <laughs> amazing final message banter. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, massive. I'm realizing I'm on a tangent. I'm going to sign off. So yes, thank you for watching, liking, listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Damn Implicate Five Starring. That's what it, that's what it was. I knew, forgot one of them. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at the Damn Implicate. I've also put remember to put my Twitch on there as well. I've also remembered to put in the social media links for wrestling headlines as well. If you want to go follow them on Twitter, follow, uh, go to the Facebook page as well. Yeah, Facebook page is an amazing kind of um, like level of. What's the, what's the word? Oh, um, interaction, I guess. <laughs> Engagement, there we bloody go. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see Vessi uh, Headlines doing it like, just really well on Facebook. Couple <laughs> yeah, of surprise because I don't, I don't really use it anymore. But to see it do that well, I was like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, tangent alert, tangent alert, yes. Yeah, so. Anyway, I'll be back on Tuesday with the Moonlight Raw review. The cycle continues. Boy, am I glad AEW got postponed a week. Because <laughs> I've got, oh dear, yeah. I've got this, then I've got a week of the builder, including Monday Night Raw review, including... Like, one day, I've got one day to recover from this, then I've got Raw on Tuesday, then I've got one day to recover, then I've got NXT on Thursday, and thank God AEW's now the week after, and it's not this weekend. I bloody needed a... I need the break. <laughs> it's good to see. Uh, yeah. But yes, what did you make of Elimination Chamber as I hit my laptop? Uh, yeah, did it do what it did for me? It's got me looking forward to WrestleMania. That's the entire point of it. Uh, but yeah, did you enjoy it? Are you down on The Miz? Are you much more down on it than I am? Or is it affected George Roman as a show whatsoever? What do you think of Edge spearing Roman Reigns? Or I guess the whole way that played out as well, because it was quite unique, with Daniel Bryan winning the chamber and then knowingly having to face Roman Reigns. There's a bit of a twist on it compared to what we got with The Miz, which was a bit more of a standard kind of way for a secondary match after a chamber. So yeah. Anyway, relatively positive reviews for me. Yeah, it did its job. Uh, I've just realised as well, I've only had the one image up. I did load in others, but again, uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I had all the different images for different matches, but it's fine. <laughs> and uh, Panda, Smackdown was great. Raw was awful. To be fair, you can just copy and paste that for every week. <laughs> you can, Actually, that could be the review for this week. I've not even watched them yet. I can almost guarantee Smackdown was better than Raw. Not happened yet. It's just there's seemingly... Raw, Smackdown has people who seemingly know how to write. It's, it's mental. Like, they think it through. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's like beat for beat written every single week. It's like they've got like an aim and somewhere to go. With. It's, it's insane. They've got actual characters. <laughs> it's mental. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, with that, I say thank you for listening and all of the stuff I've already put out there. And with that, I hope, hope you enjoyed the chamber as well and you're also looking forward to WrestleMania. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.